His album's not a class. <laughs> it's, it's a really good album, man. I don't, I don't know how you like that versus French, but neither here. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's like anything this guy talks about has to be compared to French these days. <laughs> yeah, French, French is a five micer, man. Oh, man. You don't have to. He clearly don't believe that, man. Stop it, man. He wants to be controversial, man. <laughs> yeah, I like French. Now, I, I don't dislike the album, but it, it sounds like every other French album. I mean, I, I clearly remember riding with this guy, and he was like, French is not flowing, but he's trying. He's not trying. I heard he's not trying to flow. It can't I'm be like, a classic if a guy is trying. Nah, he corrected me when I was like, so you said French was spitting. He was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember that. I, too. <laughs> I did not say he was spitting. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy somebody helps French more than anybody. Does somebody nah, really got to be spitting for it to be a classic, though? I mean, do you, nah, you got to spit? I, I agree. You don't got to be spitting for it to be a classic. But I thought that your dislike for French was more based upon his rhyme, his rhyme. I, I never I never disliked him. I just never really paid attention to him enough to, like, listen to an album. Got you. I, I, feel, like, I feel like if you have to correct guys and say that he's not flowing and that he's trying. That he's trying. <laughs> I feel like you can't be have a classic with those kind of <laughs> I, I never, I never said it was a classic until today, and I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. Yes. Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by Hundred Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. I'm spoke affiliated from the city. Welcome back to the Hops and Stocks podcast brought to you by 100 Spoke Media Group. This is episode 57. Uh, we would like to welcome, as soon as he arrives on the screen, our guest, Ishak Nadir. Uh, we'll hop into Ishak's, I mean, Nadir's background here in a, in a minute. We're checking the post, man. How's everybody doing? Good, I'm man. Well, yeah. man. I'm well, man. A little upset about the college playoff. Rankings, the first rankings last night, but it's all good. Why you mad? Nah, we don't. We don't even need to get into that because that'll knock us all the way off track. But like Blast said, man, it will all shake its way out, man. I'll, I'll just say that it is it's some brand bias going on, man. But I'll leave it at that. You guys are supposed to be the biggest brand. I mean, you, <laughs> ain't that you what he told us? Football. <laughs> we are college football. We, we are college top, football, and we ain't in the top. We ain't in the top four. So then y'all so not the bias. Ain't no bias towards y'all. It's some it's some shady business going on, and I got to get to to the bottom of this shit. Okay. <laughs> Good luck, man. Yeah. On a uh, on a serious note, man, you know, it just want to send a RIP to take off, man, and his family. That's just Since really the- really unfortunate news, man. Yeah, yeah man. At this um, point, it's becoming all too common. Yeah, kind of to it. We just yeah. lost uh, PNB Rock a few months ago, and now it's. Another one of the rap community. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, um, what's the homeboy uh, from New York? I can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, so many rappers from New York. I guess that ain't a good description. Smoke? No, um, I, man, I can't think of his name. I want to call him Bobby Smurder, but that ain't right, man. Well, I, tell me the situation. He, he he had a song and he was on the BT Awards and he you know was just doing his song about all these rappers that had gotten killed and they each had numbers on them and I think it was, you know maybe like fifty different numbers and I mean obviously BT Awards was before PNB I think and before 
you know, obviously before takeoff. So I'm just like, damn. Yeah. One thing I, mean, I want to say, man, is put the fucking phones away, man. Like, yeah. when I, I wasn't looking for it, but I was exposed to it just because I, when I heard that, you know what I'm saying, takeoff was, was murdered, I got interested in, you know what I'm saying, did the hashtag on Twitter. And I mean, you just, I ain't going to speak on, you know what I'm saying, if you ain't seen it, then, you know what I'm saying, on trigger warning, but yeah, man, like that, that shouldn't have made the internet. You know what I'm saying? That that shouldn't have been what his family saw, what his fans saw, what his loved ones saw. You know what I'm saying? That 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 kind of photo. Like people yeah. have people don't have no sensitiv no sensitivity, man. Like we like B dub said, like we numb to it and everybody wants to, you know what I'm saying, do shit for likes and go viral, but that ain't that ain't it, man. Like I'm tired of seeing black men dead, man. I'm I'm tired of seeing it. I mean, they're still they're still having a trial, not trial, but uh, they're still going through the the hustle proceedings, man. They they released like a hundred exhibits from his trial, and then you got Pop Smoke who got killed, PMB just got killed, and, you know, one of the Amigos got killed. It's just <laughs> yeah, Nipsey, yeah, uh, Young Dolph, Dolph got yeah. Just Dolph. think, man, we used to want to be rappers, man. Like it's. <laughs> The artist, the artist name was uh, man, I forgot it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man, like... I, I, I just looked it up. Joey Badass is who I'm thinking of, man. Oh, I guess something happened to Badass. No, no, he he was the guy with the song about you know the rappers getting killed, man. That he performed at the BET Awards. Okay, shout out to Joey Badass. He got a classic album, man. That's hey, man, he does a a phenomenal job as a uh, as you oh, yeah on on the power. Yeah, he's he's yeah. killing that role, man. Yeah. yeah I mean, but huh? So talented, man. Yeah, but let's not bring the energy down, man. Let's get into what we came to do. Hop off not a classic. Huh? His album's not a classic. <laughs> it's, it's it's a really good album, man. I don't I don't know how you like that versus French, but Neither here oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's like anything this guy talks about has to be compared to Prince these days. Yeah, Prince, <laughs> Prince is a five micer, man. Oh, man. You don't to, he clearly don't believe that, man. Stop it, man. He wants to be controversial, man. <laughs> yeah. I like French. Now, I, I don't dislike the album, but it, it sounds like every other French album. I mean, I, I clearly remember riding with this guy, and he was like, French is not flowing, but he's trying. <laughs> hey. I heard I he stopped trying. I heard he stopped trying to flow. It can't be I'm a like, classic if a guy is trying. Nah, he corrected me when I was like, so you said French was spitting. He was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember that. I, too. Did, I did not say he was spitting. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy has French more spitting? than anybody. Does somebody nah, really got to be spitting for it to be a classic, though? I mean, I agree. You don't got to be spitting for it to be a classic. But I thought that your dislike for French was more based upon his rhyme. Is I, I never, I never disliked him. I just never really paid attention to him enough to like listen to an album. Got you. Like, I feel like I feel like if you have to correct guys and say that he's not flowing and that he's trying, that he's trying. <laughs> I feel like you can't be have a classic with those kind of. I, I never, I never said it was a classic until today, and I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, it's not a classic. I, I just had to counter that Joey Badass, because that's not a classic album. I mean, I, I said that, you know, in general, it's, it's a really good really album. Really good album, I think. Um, it's better, and I'm not like big on Joey. Like, I listened to a couple of his old projects, <clears throat> and didn't particularly care for him. So when I heard this one, it was like, wait a minute, this is different. Like, I actually like this joint. 
Yeah. Danny Tote said that the one before that was a classic, so I listened to that one. Uh-uh, actually, yeah. didn't, I just actually didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't care, I didn't care for that one. Yeah, that one didn't for me. Hey, Nadir, are you on, man? Are you with us? We see we see your name. All right. We'll get back with us. The video just ain't on. Look like audio was good. But shit, let's kick it over to Mr. What's in this bottle. We got beat up. What's happening, bro? What's going on, man? Definitely going to talk about this one. All right. Got this at the my old honey hole. It is called French Toast Bastard. <laughs> you got some founders over there. Founders. It's a um, pod favorite. Um, it's coming in at 11% right here. Hey, put the picture back up. It's like a little moonshiner or something, like a little sketchy dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, look like yeah, like, yeah, that look like popcorn. Yeah, popcorn. <laughs> He's a bad. Uh, how long you had that out? Um, probably like 40. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you had already cracked it. I'm like, man, you. No, I, didn't, I didn't crack it. It was just sitting on the counter over there. Gotcha. Um, it's coming in at 11%. Show that again. I already poured him up. So it's, I can already guarantee, guarantee this is a breakfast inspired, you know, type of ale. It's a um, barrel aged, um, bourbon barrel aged scotch ale. Not too fond of scotch, but. Yeah, you know. I was going to say that scotch might make for an interesting note. I had a good scotch once, though. Good scotch and beer. That on the nose. Go ahead. Sorry. On the nose, it smells sweet. Maple syrupy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. It's got some punch to it. <laughs> it's got a sweet punch to it. So coming in at 11%, I can taste that that syrupy, mapley taste. Definitely sweet. Um, it's maple syrup is what I'm getting. Maple syrup's love. Yeah, I don't know if I can, a little bit of hint of cinnamon. I don't know if I can take a whole six of this. Well, I got I bought a four-pack. <laughs> it's decent. It's it's a little. It's a tad bit overly sweet for my for my liking. Okay. Ooh, um, I like it, man. On the, on the back end, I'm still getting all that sweetness. Um, Blast, have you had it? Not that one. No. I, <clears throat> based upon your reviews when we was at uh, at Streetside that one time, I think you would like it. Oh yeah, because all the sweet. Yeah, it's not a bad. I, I kind of agree with B Dub on this one. Like it's a tad too sweet for me. But I, I like it though. It's, it's it's a good beer. It's a tad bit sweet. Um, it's not something I could. It's not an easy reach for me. Um, at eleven percent, it's cool. Um, I give it a four four two five. It's not a bad beer. Just a little tad bit on the sweet side. I mean, it does exactly what it says it's gonna do. It's sweet. It's I can taste that 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 breakfast inspiredness in it. Um, not too complex. I'm really just getting just the, the syrup in it in that eleven percent. What the price tag hit you for? Fifteen for the four pack. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Four two five French Toast Bastard Founders. Would you say the ABV was? I mean, uh, ABV yeah. Eleven percent. Oh, that's good, man. You are gonna enjoy that? Yeah, I, I, I'll save one for y'all, man. Sounds like a deal. Switch Sounds like last. a November a November uh, date. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we definitely getting together in November. I say I say that twenty six. You got blast. All right, um, I got a porter, pumpkin porter tonight. Um, sticking with you know flavors of the season. I got an Alexandria Brewing Company flesh of pumpkin pumpkin porter. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, brewed, it says it's brewed in Cincinnati tradition, proudly made in Kentucky. It's made in Alexandria, Kentucky. I think that's, you know, fairly close across the river. Uh, pumpkin mash with a Baltic porter, malt, hop, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and brown sugar. Enjoy this brew during Halloween and the entire holiday season. So that's just what we're going to do. Well, Halloween just passed. Smells pretty good. I, I can't remember if I told y'all, but this is a this is a potent porter, man. This is ten and a half. Oh. It's, got, it's got some punch to it. <clears throat> Damn. Usually porters be like what five, six, seven. <laughs> pretty good, man. It's got um enough sweet on it. It's not overly pumpkin, which is probably a good thing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm tasting. Let me let me compare it to the notes. Definitely getting that cinnamon and that that spice note, um, and probably the brown sugar too. Go back in for one more. Nice mug. Thank you. I like it, man. It's uh, it's definitely a little lighter, you know, in comparison to a stout. Um, but taste wise, they definitely nailed the notes, and the fact that it's a uh, ten and a half is impressive. I think I would probably go with. I'm gonna go to four and a half. Oh, kind of reminds me of, uh, and I mean, it says Baltic Porter, which is kind of the, that style that uh, that place where we all went to me, me, you, and Doug, and we had those potent porters. Warp wing, uh, warp wing, warp wing. Yeah, yeah. They got potent, some potent porters. Potent porters, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Toller. What you sipping on tonight, brother? All right. Um, another pumpkin ale from New Belgium. Oh, okay. Voodoo. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout Voodoo. out to New Belgium. Yeah. Hint, hint, sponsor. <laughs> Voodoo Ranger, Atomic Pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. I was scared to get that one. What's, it has something, something threw me off on it. Some type of, is it some type of spice on it or something? Chilies. Yeah, yeah that's what threw uh, me off on that one. Ailed with, um, well, brewed with pumpkin. That's uh, right there. Hold on. Cinnamon and chilies. So a special release on there, Cam, too. Yeah, special. that had a line through the. It's a nice color, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's a nice. Uh, Voodoo Ranger been nice. killing it, man, for, uh, like, as a house beer. Yeah. Nice, nice nose. Follow me, man. You you get the chilies like on that back end. <laughs> you get the, the chilies. Chili, the chilies, the chilies hit. That's different. Like I've never really had that experience in the beer. One more taste. Hmm, that's interesting, man. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, the pumpkin, the pumpkin note hits well. The cinnamon hits well, but the cinnamon and chilies, they kind of like you know. I don't know. They're fighting each other for who's going to be top dog, and I think the Chili's wins that battle because it's it's spicy. That's the beer I was talking about. Even we was on uh, Upstate Boys uh, podcast. I couldn't remember it. I said it was kind of it had like a spicy uh, note on it. It was that yeah. beer right there. Is it spice off putting or is it? Um, it's it's really not. But I would like for the cinnamon to be number two and not the chilies. The chilies, 
I mean, that's it's sitting back here. <laughs> it ain't it ain't something. I mean, it's interesting at first, then it, it gets annoying. Like right now, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> <laughs> by that by that sensation. So it's all right. It it starts off well. It doesn't wow me toward the end, so I, I would probably give this something like a, uh, you know, three seven five. But is it my fault? <laughs> <laughs> is it my fault for not seeing the chili note? Because I didn't see it until I, I started looking at right before the podcast. So yeah, I didn't peep that smooth disc though. But is the is the three seven? If it's hitting the notes, I don't know. It's it's hitting yeah. the notes like it. It said chilies and it put it in there. I would. You would think that the cinnamon, yeah, would have more of a, a prominent place in the beer, but it doesn't. So the chili's kind of overpowered. So I, I think I knock it down from that because it's not balanced to me. Right. The chili's really overpowering everything. It's What's not going. The name of that joint again? I'm not going to drink it. So you know, Atomic pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, Atomic. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to look. So, but, I mean, I don't know how you saw the notes, Billy, because th- there's nothing on this front side. You you had to be reading the side. The see the chilies. It was uh, it was in, it was in it was in a it was in a box. I was oh, reading okay. the box. Yeah. If you no, like the spicy variety of beer, you know that's up your alley. No, I don't. <laughs> Have you ever had Mex- Mex- like Mexican stouts? Yes. Yeah, no, I've never had that. Yeah, the Mexican chili stouts have. It's usually like that chocolate taste, but it got like a little hint of some cayenne and chili pepper. Yeah. It seems like it's gonna mess my stomach up. Like it's going down. <laughs> See, that's why I don't fool with spicy, man, because right. it's gonna do a number on your stomach. I may have to drink drink something else to like wash it down. <laughs> Might need some Pepto afterwards. <laughs> I have to try this mad tree. I always got something on deck. <laughs> oh, man, you're all you're always prepared for a trash backup. Yeah, I got a little happy amber. Oh yeah, I that. Like I seen you that. Had this, you had this before? Yeah. How's it taste? I mean, it's it's nothing really. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that is that is the best backhanded compliment of all time. I remember when Chris first said that he's like, "Yeah, I like you, Dean, but they're really nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would say he loves stuff, but it's really nothing. Right. right. <laughs> hey, go ahead, E man. Hopefully, you can bring it up on this three point seven five. I'll just give him mine. All right, so cool can work, <laughs> not much on it, but this is called Smoking Buddies, and so this is by uh, Stillwater Artisanal. They're out of North Haven, Connecticut, and it's in uh, collaboration with Tired Hands. I'm not familiar with either, but when I went to the Honey Hole this week, I said, "Man, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try to get outside of my <laughs> hole and just try different stuff, try to expand my palate." So this is a double international pale ale, lightly smoked and aged and aged on oak, mm. um, and so that's where you get the smoking buddies from. Checking in at eight percent, decent. That color, fire. Yeah, it looks good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I smelled it, and you get you can smell that oak like it's kind of like a like somebody was like smoking some some beef or something like that, man. Which that's interesting for a, a IPA, but you also get a this citrus. So let me give it a quick taste. Man, drinking, smoking beef. <laughs> What's up, Nadir? Good. Oh man, this is fire. So you getting 
I'm getting slight, slight citrus. Like the citrus notes is really, really, really faint, but I'm getting almost like caramelized peaches, um, like with some some brown sugar notes, cinnamon, peaches. Like Thanksgiving, it's like some Thanksgiving notes right there, bro. This mug tastes like it's weird because I didn't expect to get peaches out of it. Peaches. But, <laughs> I ain't heard that in a group. <laughs> Shout out to Patriots, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it's really it's 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 unique. Um, but I like it. Like I said, it's I didn't expect it. I didn't expect this to taste like this. Um, but once again, smoking smoking buddies by Stillwater Artisanal in collaboration with Tired Hands. Um, definitely will buy this joint again. I believe I paid five bucks for the for the single. Um, I'm gonna get this joint four and a half. Is peaches one of the notes? It's not. Not okay. You know what I'm saying that's the weird thing. It, it doesn't really hmm. have the notes. It just says lightly smoked and aged on oak. So I was with an IPA. I was expecting more, uh, more citrus notes, grapefruit, but you don't get any bitterness. Like there's no the IBUs are low. Actually, this joint. The more I talk about it, this joint's probably four seven five. So question: If the beer is fire. But what you're tasting isn't advertised on the can. <laughs> is, it, is it still love? Yeah, because I, in my opinion, if you don't advertise it, then you don't have a standard to hold it against. I mean, I would say, yeah, too, just for that reason. Like, I, you can't knock it or up it because they don't give you anything to compare it to. But if, if, what if it doesn't hit any of the notes mentioned in a note that wasn't, that wasn't the, mentioned? The only thing that was mentioned was smoke, I think. The only thing that was mentioned was smoke and oak, and you get both of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was there was no mention of any fruits. So if it said, you know what I'm saying, citrus, pineapple, I mean, I'm sorry, citrus, uh, why can't I think of the word? Grapefruit, then I think I, I'd be able to knock it because it's like I don't get that at all. Like I'm getting peaches. Like it's well, it tastes like <laughs> it's like peaches that with a little bit like caramelized peaches with some um like brown sugar and cinnamon. And like oh, that's yeah. none of the notes that are on here. But you're getting, and it's not overpowering smoke. So they kind of nailed the two notes that they give you, smoke and oak. Um, that's why I'm going to jump this mug up to 475, man. It's not hip to artisanal, but I would definitely cop this again. And I'll see if they got some more at the honey hole next time I holler at y'all, man. I'll split yeah. one, share one. I do want to I want to go up on this, this rating, man. But hey. hey, Tolls, on your brew, uh, what, was the, what was the ALC or the ABV? Yeah, it was six point four. Six point four. Okay. I kind of want to, man. I kind of want to go down on this, <laughs> <laughs> like three and a half. Like, no, like I was playing. I was playing, man. It tastes good. I mean, it's good for what it is. So um, they had a they had a founders on the shelf, man. But it was it was, it was low. Like it, I think it was like maybe like seven or eight. I'm like, no, it was. It was seven. I was like, man, I don't think I've ever had a Founders that low. I've always had them in like double digits, man. Y'all bougie. Y'all bougie. They got, they got IPAs and all that stuff, type of stuff too. Um, like, Founders think, has a variety of brew. Yeah, uh, I think all the ones I had are, are barrel aged, so that's probably yeah. why. I'm, oh, yeah, I think I'm digits. drawn to those. But well, I think our guest is having some some technical difficulties, man. Now, dear, can you hear us, brother? I thought I saw him froze up. Yeah. Popped on for a minute. But we can fill time talking about Invisalign. Yeah, part three? 
Nah. <laughs> so B Dub has Invisalign, and I just got it yesterday. Hey man, the little extra little teeth that they put on the tooth, like the little enamel chips. Hey man, that should be tearing my mouth up, man. Hey man, for like a week I was eating like this. <laughs> it was it was tearing up at the inside of my gums. Man. <laughs> man, they almost force you to keep them on because you don't want to feel them little nuggets that you got hanging off your teeth, man. So let me ask y'all, man. I mean, you guys are both, you know, mid-40s, and you just had, like, you're, you're having some cosmetic things done to your teeth. Like, what what, what prompted you guys to kind of cosmetically, you know, change your appearance? I mean, you, you've been good all these years. What's up? I feel the joke. <laughs> no, no joke. I'll respond to it. I'll respond to it. So for me, um, like, at the bottom, like, it was just a couple little spaces that I felt, like, was kind of opening. And then, like, one of my, like, just little left tooth was kind of appeared to be, like, angling out a little bit. And it's 100% cosmetic. And then, I ain't gonna lie. It's because I had the money to do it. It was just like, okay, this, <clears throat> I had the funds to do it. My insurance covered half of it. And I was like, the same thing I did with LASIK. Like, I got tired of wearing glasses because every year um, I had to get new glasses. Contacts really wasn't working. I had my motorcycle, so I went and got LASIK, but I still throw on glasses that ain't even prescription because I still, I grew up with wearing glasses for like 50 years. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I still like glasses. I just got tired of relying on them. Um, well, my reason was, well, the doctor even told me my teeth aren't bad. He's like, well, you don't even need them. Your teeth aren't bad. But I figured since we're in a business of being in a public eye. I invest in myself and make my appearance a little bit better. So, you know, y'all probably didn't even notice it, but you know, I can, I had a little, I had a little bit of crowding down here, but you, you couldn't tell. And I no, saw him a lot. So well, you know. Carrie, Carrie noticed it. Carrie at the uh, soccer game, she knows. So, you know, you're getting your money's worth. The lady see it. So you're good. Does she see that? She, she seen I had LASIK on? No, she, she noticed that it was a change in your, in your smile. In, in your grill. <laughs> Uh, this grill look good <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, i'm just i'm just wondering man like you know it I mean, wasn't necessary this work, work i could probably get done some crowding at the bottom and things like that but I, I didn't know what prompted you guys at this stage in your life to you know pretty much get braces and shit so. man it ain't see you <laughs> <laughs> a backhanded compliment man <laughs> nah I'm, i mean I'm, it is I'm, it is braces though it right? is braces I mean, uh yeah. True story, and they but you got to wear these joints 22 hours. Um, and real talk for me, it's like I read some articles where you might drop 10 to 15 pounds. I'm like, ah, right, yeah, I can see that because I don't want to take these mugs out, like, it's better off just leave them in versus like there ain't no more late night snacking, like, because you have to literally have to like brush if you drink anything that's not water, you got to take them out and brush. Yeah, um, I, you, I get around that though, man. <laughs> like, I'm drinking right now. Mine are in. Yours in? No, nah, I took them off because I, I I sound I sound weird with them in, man. Like I can't talk straight. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's definitely a a difference. Well, I'm I'm so used to it now, but I had a problem with taking them in and out. I had a problem with it because they're on those brackets. Yeah, and they, you pulling on your teeth if you don't pull them out right. But, yeah, me and Blast all natural over here, man. <laughs> Great man. Deal, man. I ain't got a false teeth. <laughs> saying, man, like, it's still my teeth. Hey, look, man, at the end of the like, pie, I got them yesterday. That boy's going to pull out. Why you have them go crooked on the pullout? <laughs> right. They, they <laughs> don't pull out there. 
Do we got Nadir on or he look like Nadir? You on man? Night froze. Getting some snooze or something. <laughs> he can snooze. Is, he, is he checking in from the motherland? Like, nah, he's he's a. He's uh he's in, he's in Cincinnati. <laughs> he's trying to say either motherland has bad <laughs> bad logistics out there. Hey man, right. I didn't I didn't like their infrastructure that. can't can't support a good Zoom call or something. Why did you why did you ask where he was checking in? No man. I, was, I thought Akon I thought Akon hooked him up though, dude. Hey, <laughs> now you look at he looking at you. He froze, he looking at you. Uh, yeah. I saw that one time. I looked a little scary, man. I'm like, man. Nadir, what's up, man? You I'll pop pouring, pouring, pouring. Right. Just tell him just tell him to call right. in. Like he could I mean if we can't get yeah. him visually, he can just, just call be a ventriloquist beat up. Just be ventriloquist mm. style. Call him. in. He, he, he can call in and do do audio. You can yeah. go off screen, beat up, and pretend to be him. Hey, introduce me. Introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> he gets started with the same link. <laughs> Yeah, I believe in the link, it should have the phone oh, number. Went, we did one audio. audio. <laughs> Introduce me, man. Yeah, we have we have our guest here, man. Who be up? Sue, 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 sue. Let me call him, man. So be up as an entrepreneur. Well, when I was in the motherland, I was Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, So, Mr. Deer. What is what? Oh, okay. <laughs> just having some difficulties. Yeah, man, I was just disappointed in the in the, in the right. playoffs we, yesterday, we man. It's he like who was, who was questioning my infrastructure? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to respond, man, but I had to. I had to beat myself, man. <laughs> I'm about to put hands on whoever responded about my infrastructure. <laughs> you going to any games uh Friday this Friday blast for the playoffs? Probably not, man. I was watching uh what did I watch last week? St. X and somebody. Oh yeah, man, Herbie Herbie's son is a problem, bro. Who he play for? St. X. I thought he was oh, in Nashville. He played nah, Her- Her- They moved back. I, well, Nashville? what I what I read is they keeping their crib down in Nashville, but you know, they, they're renting or doing something down here. And yeah, I think his son, too, is like maybe a frosh or a sophomore because he was like second what? or third string. Yeah. Hershey's like in his 50s, ain't he? I mean, he's yeah. older than us for sure. Way older than us. He got somebody in college, too. I mean, he, he, he yeah, got I think he got two in college and there was one, one at Ohio State. Yeah, one, one, one went to Ohio State or he does. Yeah, he, he had one at Clemson, too. He was like a walk on or whatever. Right. He got kids everywhere. Yeah, he, I think. The year that Ohio State played Clemson, didn't he have two sons on? Maybe on the team, I think. Oh shoot! I'm, I'm like, when <laughs> this when this dude grows up, he's gonna be a problem, bro. What what does he play? Quarterback. Hmm. For, you said for Saint X. Yeah, for Saint X. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, he uh he's at the library, man, and I'm thinking their their signal's probably not strong enough to support a Zoom. So uh, I'm uh just for the aesthetics. Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead and remove it. Darn it. Beat up, go ahead and fill it in for him again, man. <laughs> don't mind stuff. if I do. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I ain't gonna mess with it because you might not. I don't know if that blocks him. So I don't want to do that. But no, I, I think he's. I think he's called it. He's he's tapping out. Yeah, because he he can't get in. So he don't know okay. what's going on. Let's see remote. Yeah, he's looking at us kind of creepy. <laughs> man, <laughs> he looks he looks heated. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it called wind? Is somebody saying somebody's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, that infrastructure comment really. But he stopped like. Who's who's making light of my infrastructure? <laughs> That's why we need him on, so he can defend himself from all the jokes. Oh, man, I, I, man, I, I okay, never mind. Uh, we're still on. Everything still lies. Oh but, man, right, 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 right. This recording so, I mean, is it was, this episode it has got to be called story. the infrastructure. <laughs> uh, no, I was about to say, like, man, we didn't really chop it up like we was going to talk about none. So the floor is anybody's. Well, I would like to just kind of like, you know, saying just talk about what he was going to kind of hit us with. He um, he was a uh, he's a native Cincinnati and, and um, he, he moved to actually the word is repatriated or repatriated back to Ghana. And uh that's why I want to have a moment because I thought it was going to be a real interesting story and maybe we can make it happen one day, but uh, just leaving, you know, leaving America to go back to the motherland. I, I, I was waiting, well, excuse me. I was wanting to see how that worked for him, but he also has a foundation that he was going to talk about. Um, he has a, um, and, and his, his sister passed and he was going to talk about the scholarship program that he's starting up for her. So, uh, my dear man, I, I've known him for a long time, man. He, he's an Avondale native, and I used to work in Avondale, so we'll try to get him back next time, man. I know in his bio, it has something about mental health, and I know, uh, yeah, yeah, we chopped it up. We chopped it up about, um, the all the layers of the, the Dahmer episode, me, Doug, and um, E on our um little business meeting on Sunday. that that meet that little meeting turned into some in-depth conversation, man. Doug broke down some layers. I had no idea. It's, and I was thinking about this the next day when you talking about how when he was laying on the on the table and his face was like a monster, and like his father was finally seeing a monster. I'm like, man, how did this dude see that, man? Man, you know, you know how I saw it, man. I told you what I was on. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good observation. Yeah, that, that might be a. I mean. It, I, we we had an episode about this that you know for whatever reason didn't see the light of the day, <laughs> e. Um, but mm. I mean, it, if you know, if cats want to get, get if y'all want to get back into that, man, um, you know, feel free, man. I, I think I think the points that y'all made initially and some of the points that we had during our business meeting were all very poignant. So yeah. um, I know. think it, I think it just goes back to some some basic societal norms and, and one of the norms is to always discredit poor communities always discredit what a black person saying versus a white person and it, it goes back to just white privilege so that was the overarching idea i think i got out of watching the actual movie now watching the tapes is a little different because i did watch the tapes oh, did you? As well, yeah i think you, did have you? To, i think you have to bring in the the homosexual capacity too because it was multi-layered right but but the white privilege still umbrellas that because um uh, african-american gay versus a uh, caucasian gay still being treated differently you know what i mean because mm -hmm. uh, if the, i think and i'm just making a, a assumption if that kid that was left out on that street or out on that um stoop if he wasn't of color if he was white i think they would have treated it dif differently it just goes back to show how they police those marginalized communities. 
I mean, they basically walked. First of all, they didn't even take the the young lady's word for what was going on. A guy comes around the corner. I don't know how exactly how it happened in real life, but he just tells him that, you know, this is my boyfriend. The kid looks like a kid, 14 years old, walked him back into the apartment where he was eventually murdered. When two, it was two or three women was explaining to the police officer that this is a kid, yeah. something's wrong with him, whoop de woo And then they followed up on it and they laughed at her, man. And it's on tape. Yeah. It's on tape. But they never see us as the age that we are, man. They always put years on black people in general. That kid was other though. He wasn't he wasn't black. You know, he was, he was just you know, <laughs> but in general, just that idea of of how we're always pushed up in age and they're always assuming that we're older than what we we probably are. I mean, it goes back I to eat some air rice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's always an assumption that it's not a kid. This is a an adult, and that's why the treatment comes so harshly because they they're thinking they're dealing with an adult and not a kid. Mike Brown. Yeah. No. I, like I said, we we had a really good episode, and I don't keep rehashing on the episode that was lost. But <laughs> one of my points that I wanted to make, you know, what I'm saying that now that we are recording is the fact that if privilege didn't exist you wouldn't have had 17 murders because his very first one, you know what I'm saying? He, he got away with it based upon privilege. You know what I mean? I mean, he was pulled over at 18 with a body in the trunk and the officer. And once again, like I'm only speaking from, from the movie. I listened to the tapes and this isn't addressed in the tapes. So I can, this isn't fact checked, but the police was like, yo, we don't want to mess up your life. We don't want to see you out here again. Go home. So you let this drunk 18-year-old drive back home who could possibly kill somebody from just drunk driving. And he has a body in the car. If at that point he looked like one of us, he's he's getting up out the car. You, you can trust and believe he's getting up out the car. And the reason why I can say that is because I've been pulled out the car. Like, I've been asked to get out the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, this real-life experiences that gives me the, the privilege, ironically, to say I knows what I know what happens when that Dayton came out, he was like, I know what happens. Yeah, I know what happens. I know. Like, it's, it's crazy, man, because a lot of people that I talk to in and in different circles because of, of where I am in life and, and corporate America and, and you know what I'm saying, where I live and things like that, people see me in a different light. I'm like, no, I don't I am still from West Side Dayton. Like I still have the same stories as the the, the cat who didn't make it out. You know what I mean? I, I was fortunate enough, and I was you know what I'm saying blessed enough to 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 make it out. But I still have some of those similar stories. Like I've been I've been profiled in in suburbia. It's like yeah, I mean to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I mean, like it does. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter how you dress. Like they 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 don't see any of that. It's funny that you say that because <clears throat> I used to get invited to all types of events after work, and it wasn't necessarily on my side of the town, whatever that means to you. And I would always have to decline because I knew what type of activity was going to be going on over there, and leaving it just made me noited. 
And I had to explain to them, I listen, y'all, y'all gonna be good. Y'all, y'all can be cool. Leaving there, me, something might happen to me on the way home. Yeah. Um, may or may not, may or may not make it. Yeah. And so one time we was at a, um, a little um, restaurant. I won't, I won't say the name, but we're all having a good time. It's a, uh, um, a job function. And uh, I'm drinking like everybody else. And I look over, it's police right there. They just looking at everybody at the table. So I immediately turn my beer down and I stopped drinking. I'm like, shit. Now I got to drive home. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only one. It's like me and somebody else that are this color. So I'm like, man, I got to drive home. So I had to tell my coworker. I, first, I went outside. And I put my food in the car. And I could see him sitting outside in the parking lot. Like, go oh, back inside. Really? Like, I put my food in the car. So when I went to put my food in the car, I could see that they were just sitting in the parking lot just waiting. Not particularly for me, but just sitting in the parking lot. Because they had people inside. I guess I don't know if they were reporting to the people outside, but. They were sitting at a table. So I come back inside, put my food in, and I just told my coworker, I'll listen, in a, in a minute, I'm going to give you my keys. You drive me home. I said, they'll pull me over. They won't pull you over. She she didn't understand it. I had to explain it to her. I listen, this is, this is what might happen to me. And she's like, okay. She still didn't understand it. She's like, I don't, Billy, I don't understand. Just take me up the damn street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So she got in my car and she had her friend follow her so she can take her back to the restaurant where they continue to, you know what I'm saying, drink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I had to I had to cut my knife short, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Man, because you have, you have to worry about police interaction, man. When I'm on certain sides of town here in Nashville, I have a two brew maximum. And people be looking at me like, two beers? I said, yeah. I said, man, I, I'm not messing around on y'all side of town. Like, it's police at every single corner. And I don't drive no car that say pull me over. It just, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't want no interaction because I, I, I just don't feel like, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel safe when I get pulled over. Like, instant anxiety, man. I've been pulled over in the middle of Kentucky, and I asked the cop why he pulled me over. And he was like, he was doing 95 in the 70. <laughs> I said, man. I wasn't doing 95. I said, one, I don't speed. I said, I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't speed because I don't want to deal with you. I said, have you watched the news? I said, he was like, what are you talking about? I said, you watch the news. Why would I be speeding in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky as a black man? It, it, I said, it makes no sense. And mind you, I have uh, two firearms in the car, one on my person and one in the bag. And so he asked me and I'm thinking, like, fuck, this is, why I, this is why I don't make it home. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, I was like, I have one on my person and I have one in that bag that you're looking at right there. And he was like, driver's, he was like, license and registration. I said, I'm not getting my license. I said, because my license is in that bag. And I just told you what's in that bag. I said, so you have to believe who I am because I'm not reaching in that bag. And I had my hands at 10 and 2 the entire time. Hmm. Eventually, he goes back to the car, runs whatever, comes back. He was like, okay, have a nice day. If I was doing 95 and a 70, that's you get your ticket. <laughs> yeah. I should have been good. That's actually reckless op. I should have went to jail. Yeah, that's super speeder. Super yeah, speeder. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I should have went to jail. He let me go. And I was like, he didn't have nothing better to do. But my, like, my part is pumping because I'm like, man, I mm, hate, yeah. I don't, I don't commit crimes because I don't want to see the police, man. Yeah. And see, that last part, man, that anxiety and that, that heart pumping and stuff like that, I think, we have to deal with that. Like they, they don't have to deal with that shit, man. Right. 
Like even when we just passing them just on general going down yeah. I seventy five. Yeah. Yep. The the nervousness and the you know how we have to rearrange our just everything is it's a shame. Yeah, man. I'm like I wonder do you know do they do their parents even have to give them the same talk? Like like I mean my my dad to this day and I'm you know like you said we all mid forties. My dad like if I if I meet up with him for Christmas or whatever, he's like all right, be careful you know driving back home and mm-hmm. like man you know, I'm like does a 45 year old somebody else have to get that same talk from yeah. their dad? You know what I'm saying? It's it's not necessary Probably because not. when I tell people that I have those kind of conversations with my son, they're flabbergasted. Like, where really? I've never had to tell such and such that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And, and a lot of times people think that, well, if you just comply, you're good. Well, I've watched people comply and I've watched them still die. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not even compliance anymore. It's a natural fear mm-hmm. of you have officers in neighborhoods that they, in my opinion, shouldn't be in because they're afraid. And you can't, it, it, I don't know any job that you can do where you're afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to be there and everybody over there looks like a criminal, go somewhere else. Go police suburbia, man. I'm pretty sure, you know what I'm saying? Middle to fuck nowhere America needs a, a police officer. Yeah, right. they don't get the same rate. It's a different rate, uh, policing inner city. They get more money in general. Uh, a lot of these police officers be be sh- really shook ones and give them that badge, give them a little bit of power, man. They just abuse that power. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think about like Dahmer's dad? Like, do you think Dahmer's dad should have, you know, intervened or do you think that he enabled the situation? I'm just talking about how fathers are react, you know, saying interact with their sons. You know what? I, mean, I don't believe that he didn't know that his son was like that. He had to know his son was weird. He's probably weird. You know what I'm saying? The dad's probably weird. So he had to, he, unless he lived up under a rock or just parented his kid from a distance the whole time, he had to know something was wrong with that boy. He had a hand in that. I mean, picking up roadkill, I mean, that's strange right there. So mm-hmm. he had to know something was wrong. And for him at the end to be like, you know, he didn't know. I, I know he didn't know he was eating bodies and doing all that extracurricular, but he had to know that. This ain't beyond, you know, that scope of what he's capable of doing. Yeah. I think I think the dad just didn't want to, you know, his only angst was, is he a homosexual? Like, what are you Probably doing, Jeffrey? You know. And that was big back then. Right. So quote unquote taboo. And then as a as a father, I mean, even the grandmother thought that she could take him to church and exercise the demons out of him. You know what I mean? Like and then the police, when they go in there, act, acting like you can catch gay by just going in the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, you can't, you can't catch gay. You know what I mean? Like, but that's, and it, I ain't gonna lie, it's, it, it shows how far we've come since the 90s where, you know what I'm saying, things are more out in the open, things are more acceptable. But back in that that time and that era, it, it was taboo. Like, and I don't, man, them cops is just, I'm sorry, Milwaukee, I believe that was a city. Like, y'all at fault, man. Like, they, they, they. I felt like they kept making excuses for this dude. Definitely. They kept, they kept giving him privilege that wasn't even deserved, man. Like when he, when he um molested the fourteen year old, and the judge was basically said, "I don't." Same thing that the cop said, "I don't want to ruin your life, so I'm gonna give you probation." And then that's when he just went reckless. Well, you From know, that point they, on, they didn't even run his his information to even find that he was a 
registered, you know, sexual molester. You know what I mean? And if you're going to go out to a residence and, and there's a complaint and you don't run everybody's information, especially the person that is deemed to be the perpetrator in the whole thing, it's white privilege. All our information would have been ran twice. Yeah. <laughs> and, even if, and even if we were clean, we probably still would be charged for something. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I've had my I've had my information ran as a passenger, and I'm like, yo, I'm not even driving. What are you talking about? <laughs> we need to we need to identify everybody in the car. I wasn't driving. I'm in. I got my seatbelt on. I'm a passenger. I ain't showing you shit. Now that I think about it, man, Dahmer's father was in the wrong, man. He he couldn't control his son, so he goes to send send the boy to go live with his grandmother, like his right. grandmother could control him. This grown ass man can't control his adult son. Well, I think yeah. he's still in high school. So he sends him to go live with his grandmother? Well, no, this was after he, he got out of uh, boot camp, right? Oh, uh, yeah, so he was an adult. Yeah, he was an adult. So this man's like, man, I can't control you. I'm going to go but see he was enabling him. He was, he was still not making him, you know, well, eventually he did go out and find, found his own apartment. But even that, he helped with that. You know what I mean? It was almost like Dahmer was a brat, but he was like the worst brat ever. Like, he was the worst treated brat ever in life. <laughs> And his dad, his dad lived in Ohio. <laughs> but okay, so let me let me put this back on. Let, put put your parental hats on. Just say your son or daughter was Dahmer or Dahmeresque, had some <laughs> some Dahmerish tendencies. Like, what are you to do as a parent? What can you do, man? Yeah, because I I feel like good, good question. Obviously, obviously, Dahmer's dad tried to play dumb, but just but the question's on y'all. Like, what what do you do as a parent if you? have an inkling or you find out because it's it's not enough to just to say, yo, my kid is weird. You know what I'm saying? Like all kids are weird. You know what I mean? Growing up, people, kids do weird shit. But if you have an inkling that my, my, my son or my daughter may be, you know what I'm saying? A pedophile slash serial killer. What do you do as a parent? Because our, our, our nature is to protect our kids. Well, he lied to his dad. He said, dad, dad, they're lying on me, Dad, because his dad asked him, like, why did you do that? Even after he picked him up from jail and all that, his dad, well, according to the movie, we, we really don't know the true account, but according to the movie, the dad questioned him, and whatever Dahmer said, he kind of took and just, you know, believed that because he was like, Dad, uh, they're lying on me, Dad. And he's like, why would they lie on you, Jeffrey? Why are they doing this? Like, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. You know what I mean? And that's how he was talking to him. So it was kind of like his dad was like a pushover when it came to really right. seeing what was true about his son. Because that would be your first, well, you know, he never seen a girl around. So he had, he was already, always questioning his sexuality. So when it came down that it was a young boy that he was molesting, I think his dad didn't want to believe it. So it was a, it was a, almost some denial there as well. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it didn't help that the judge, you know, slapped him on the wrist. But, um, you know, he was spending a lot of time seeing him. So I, to answer your question, I guess, you know, it would be some denial as a parent, and you would have to really face the truth and, and, and kind of like, you know, put your, you know, just, I don't know, you just have to face the truth. You would just have to yeah. kind of like figure out what's best for society if, if my son or daughter is out here, you know, committing these type of crimes. It's not like you can have a talk with him like, hey, man, you got to stop killing. 
it's, you know, maybe some help. I mean, I think I think maybe some help after that first incident would have been yeah good for Dahmer. Like, I mean, you you probably uh, I'm the only the only possible prevention would be to try to catch you know whatever you can catch early enough before it progresses. I mean, I, I I've watched a lot of you you guys parent, and you know I'm a parent too, and I, I think one of the things we do is not you know, not really lie to ourselves about our kids. I mean, sure, you know, we, we think our kids are, you know, this and that, but I, you know, I think inside we all know like, all right, my kid has an issue with this. My kid has yeah. an issue with that. And I mean, you know, with some of, like you said, some of the barriers that have been knocked down as far as therapy, you know, it's not so, not so difficult to be like, Hey, son or daughter, let's, let's go talk to somebody. And, but, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Let's just talk. Let's just, let's just get some things out there and, you know, see if we can find some tools to deal with, you know, whatever's going on. Right. And that's a good point, Blast, because even in the movie, Dharma was saying, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So, you know, the whole mental health thing was still kind of taboo back then. It it, it wasn't, it wasn't as in, uh, I can't say involved, but it wasn't as, as natural as it is now to go get some mental health, um, therapy or whatever because you know it's still low-key kind of hard to get some yeah i mean you look at our parents our parents probably aren't taking us to therapy if, no. if, if you know whatever whatever was going on with us our parents are probably not you know hey let's go sit down and talk to my our parents no. like, hey i mean you, you, know to, you better get that shit together son or yeah, the era, yeah. you, you know the era we grew up the era we grew up in is if you acting up you know you're getting some you getting some heat on that ass <laughs> buddy. hey have y'all seen um have y'all watched the, the, I believe it's on Hulu, called The Patient? No. Uh-uh. That's a real, that's a, that's another good one. It's kind of Dahmer-esque, but it's not a documentary. Um, this dude is, uh, he's a serial killer, but he ends up, and this, this ain't really giving it away, but it's just a synopsis. He ends up kidnapping his therapist because he wants his therapist around him 24-7 so that he can have access to him to prevent him from killing these other people. And ironically, he lives with his mom and his mom knows. And so the mom is kind of like all for him kidnapping this therapist. therapist. Yeah, because she was like, you have to help him. You're the only person that can help him. And like I said, I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's, it's, a, it's a really good watch. And just the dynamics of, you know what I'm saying? This dude, he wants help. He's trying to get help, but he goes to the extreme to get the help yeah. by kidnapping his therapist. There was another it's movie like that, man. There was I believe it's on movie. Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. It's like six or seven episodes. It's a, a real quick watch. Oh, it's only like it's a half a hour. It's a okay. Yeah. yeah, it was another plot, another movie like that where the therapist was having to deal with someone who was crazy, and they just had to kind of like just go along with it because they didn't want to be hurt themselves. Yeah. I, I, that plot is something I've heard before too. Yeah. But even, you know, like like Dahmer didn't uh Dahmer didn't have the best, you know, nurturing. So, you know, they say nature or nurture. Well his mom wasn't nurturing him. His dad he left. Separation. He had same separation anxiety. Yeah, so he, he wasn't being nurtured. And dad knew that. Dad knew that he left him. Um but not to even check up on him when he did leave. Like yeah, it's one thing to be gone and leave your son with somebody that you know is kind of unstable because he, he he knew his wife was unstable. I mean, you know, since she was popping pills and things like that, but just to leave him. And I think that's why in the movie he breaks down 
and he kind of takes some responsibility in the movie. Like, man, I I left you, I left you, and that's why he said he would never leave him again. So that's why he was showing him so much attention in the movie because he didn't want to, you know, neglect him again or abandon him again. Yeah, it's funny, man, because we we've been here about Dahmer since we were kids. Yeah, yeah. but until now, you didn't really know the story. Yeah, I didn't understand all types of myths going on, and he was just eating everybody, and we didn't know until this movie came out exactly what happened. I like how the movie the movie's different than the tape. Obviously, the the movie has some, you know, some theater to it. Yeah, and and like I think we were, I was talking about this how he had to atone in front of a a black priest. I thought that was pretty powerful. That the movie kind of like lays out, you know. He's he's killed these black and brown people now for atonement. He has to go before a black priest because in the tapes, obviously he wasn't baptized by a black priest. It was a, it was a white guy, but in the movie, he's being baptized by a black person. And, and it talks. It also speaks to forgiveness. How sometimes as black people, we always have to move to forgive, forgive, forgive. Even though stuff is heinous as what Dahmer did, there's still there's still a a degree of forgiveness that we still have to extend. And I think, you know, the movie talked about that too. You know what I mean? How forgiveness is that it was hard for the, the lady to forgive though. She, she struggled with it. She, in, in the movie, she, she's like, no, I can't, I, I cannot forgive. You know, his soul deserves to go to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was, it was deep, man. And like I said, man, I, I know a lot of people who said, that they they didn't or, or or couldn't watch it because they felt like it was profiting off of black trauma, um, but I was, I think I was able to look past that, um, and it may go back to some of my numbness from being exposed to so much violence, and you know what I'm saying TV, video, social media. Um, I just looked at it because I was so amazed that, you know, this is almost what thirty years ago. Um, you know, I was 30 years ago, I'd have been, you know what I'm saying, preteen. But like when I mention privilege, a lot of people get turned off and offended by it. I'm like, no, it's a real thing. And honestly, if I if I if I had if if I had pri- if I had privilege, I'm not gonna deny it. Hell, I'll probably embrace it. You know what I'm saying? Like we do have privilege in, in some areas. Like we can go to our own different spots and have privilege, but as a society, obviously we don't, and, and people get turned off and they're afraid to accept the fact that there is this thing called privilege. It is a real thing. And in my opinion, it contributed to 17 people being murdered. And if anybody can go and watch that documentary and say, no, that wasn't privilege. You know what I'm saying? You, you probably need a hold in your head. Well, I mean, they're privileged enough to say that, that they don't want to talk about privilege. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how privileged they are. They can say they don't want to talk about it. And, and, and it's called cognitive dissonance. So they, they can say, hey, this shit doesn't exist. I don't even want to talk about it. I can honestly say I didn't have no plans on watching Dahmer, man. I've I seen the previews for it, not like on TV, but I saw it like as, as a new release on Netflix. And I still but, didn't want to watch it. And then somebody in a group text said it. I think it was Lutz. He's like, man, this Dahmer shit crazy. I'm like, let me watch it. You know what I'm saying? I crazy. Think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you said something. I mean, I think they were delicate as far as the violence that they actually. Sh- yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't brutal. Yeah, it wasn't like they were just showing yeah. him, you know, saying yeah, hacking you know, people up, hacking things. people up, and yeah. you know, it was, it was subtle. It was. 
I guess it was as sensitive as they can make it. But, you know, when he's sitting there putting grease in the pan and you know that's somebody's liver, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, now that I think about it, I don't think they showed him killing anybody. <laughs> I think so. I mean, the drug. Well, the guy the with, the, with the weight, with the weight. Yeah, the long hair, the, the hippie kind of looking dude. Um, and that's why I was telling people, like, man, it's not gruesome. I'm like, but obviously you know what happened because you know the story. So obviously someone died. But I don't know if that was intentional to make him more humane. You know what I'm saying? Or was that intentional so that more people could kind of kind of stick? Because a lot of people turn off that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I ain't watching. This ain't for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if you kind of smooth it out a little bit and make it more palatable, um, you get more eyes on it. And I, I do believe that dude that played Dahmer as well as Nishi Nash, whatever awards they're going to be up for, they're going to win. You know what I mean? Like the, the cinematography of the show, you know what I'm saying, once again, apologies to, to anyone offended that it it's based upon black trauma, but they're going to win some awards, man. Like, you can't take away from, from their talent in embracing and playing those roles. You know what? I, I think by them not showing it, making it real gory, and lets you, your your mind wander and imagine what, what happened made it a little bit more graphic, if that makes any sense. Like, by, that, by them not showing Dahmer in the act of just hacking people up, and they just, like, you know, you see the before, you see the what afterwards, it makes your mind wonder, like, man, what what, what did he do? And your mind is just wondering and thinking, yeah. like, it's a little bit more graphic. Yeah, and I, I think purpose. I think to to E's point about not showing it, you know, maybe, you know, some I, there's there's two ways you could probably show it. It's like, all right, you know, I want I want people to be horrified and scared, so I'm gonna show everything, or you know, I want to have people look at the story. Um, yeah. and, you know, you know, develop feelings towards the towards the characters, you know, good, good and bad feelings. You know, I want people to to get that side versus, you know, the blood and gut side or whatever. Well, the, the audience, the audience, that's a good point. Blast. The audience lives and sees and experiences through Nisi Nash. So what she's experiencing and how she portrays it and how she just acts the hell of that out of that role. The audience is brought into the situation through her feelings because she's hearing it. Supposedly, she's hearing it. She's hearing the murders. She's hearing the drills. She's hearing the screams. So that's how we enter the gore through her eyes and through what she's experiencing. Yeah. So I think I think the director, producer, they did a good job with casting her because she she act she, she did a good enough job to kind of make us feel exactly what she was feeling and yeah. what she was experiencing. And, and to your point too, B Dub, I mean sometimes not not giving you certain aspects is is the better the better way to go. I, I remember, man, this is going way back. I remember when we saw Blair Witch and you know at the yeah. end of the movie you you come upon this guy standing in a corner and you're like, what in the hell is making that guy just stand in the corner and your mind goes crazy. Go crazy. So, so I, I can see your point about, you know, you know, your mind is wondering how did he kill this guy or how did he, you right. know, dismember him or whatever. And sometimes that is scarier too. Cause, Cause you heard a thud, like you were here to thud from her apartment. It was like, doom, doom, 
and your mind like, man, I wonder what happened. What happened? You know what yeah. Like in Blair Witch, there, there's not one monster. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Yeah, there's no monster. There's no monster. Just like in uh, Jason, you don't see Jason, but you hear that music. You're like, man, <laughs> but in the tapes, the tapes made a good point, and you know, I, I couldn't, I, I don't discredit. Well, I don't give it too much credence, but during this time, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, uh, homosexuals were dying from AIDS and they were just like in the, in the tapes they said they would just disappear like they would get sick and nobody would hear from them or, or see them again and they said they try to attribute a lot of the the non-action to some of these reports or some of these cases because they were saying well you know if they were gay um, the stereotypists they had AIDS so they must have died from AIDS so when all these 17 men were missing and you even see this is from uh, from the movie. The mom, she's outside the gay bar, and she's about to put up. She's about to put up Tony's. I, I believe her her son's name was Tony's missing flyer. And she looked around. She looked around, and she didn't do it. So it was also a sense of black homophobia, and her really not accepting that her son was, you know, like this. So you Man. know, there's two things. You know. Even our community, we you know we don't deal yeah. with we didn't deal with homophobia uh, well, and I think that may have had a small little contribution to these seventeen guys who were all you know preyed on from a, a gay bar. You know what I mean? That's that's the one that messed me up, man. Because that was episode six. Like it's it's ingrained in my head what episode <laughs> was because. <laughs> real talk like I was and please don't nobody take offense to this because I don't mean it and I'm cheering Dahmer on but I was rooting that he had turned the corner when he met uh, Tony which was the the, the, deaf, uh, guy. the deaf guy the deaf mute guy. you know what I'm saying because it seemed like they made that connection and it seemed like Dahmer was actually struggling within himself to kill him he was. He didn't want I'm to. Like he didn't. He didn't want to. And I, I. And I obviously because I know the ending. I don't know why. <laughs> I know what happens. But in the in watching the series, I'm sitting there thinking like, this is this is his turning point. This is where he makes his change. You hoping? Yeah, you hoping that there's humanity somewhere inside this dude, this monster, that he can make that mental and emotional connection with this dude, who told him like, hey, pretty much basically, I just want to be loved. I don't want to, you know, what I'm saying be whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm saying, one night stand or whatever. And I thought that he made that connection. The next thing you know, Tony up out of here, man. He, he, the, was, the guy, he was the guy in the bed. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's like I said, I, I thought, and I, I don't know why I <laughs> one feel One person hasn't even seen it. One person on this pod hasn't <laughs> even seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I mean, uh, uh, he, hearing y'all talk about it, you know, it, it I, I do kind of want to experience, but you know, I, I I got my my reasons for not wanting to watch. But you're not you're not good. You're not big with on uh, like like gory type horrors type films, are you? Yeah, not really. I mean, I've watched some. It it, it depends on the angle, I guess, man. I don't I don't know why. I mean, just for some reason, it 
you, you know, usually when y'all throw a show out there, I'm like, all right, bet. Because, I mean, usually y'all's, y'all's recommendations are on point. So I'm sure, especially with y'all talking about the great acting jobs and the cinematography, plus all of the different angles that y'all have presented, I mean, yeah. it, it sounds like, you know, something, something that's a must watch, but you know, for whatever reason, I'm just like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to sit down and get into this. All right. So let's, let's, because obviously we, we don't have that perspective. Let's introduce that perspective. Why don't you want to watch it? Good question. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think, it, I, I don't really like scary movies, so I don't think it's that with me. Um, I, it, it's it's just it just doesn't click with me. Like, all right, yeah, this is something that I need to watch. It's not like there's no intrigue for me at the moment. Other than other than you know, when I hear you guys break it down from the different societal things that you saw, then that that raises my level of intrigue. But when you present it to me as a story about Jeffrey Dahmer, which is you know a guy that we know that that killed and ate people. Just just that baseline doesn't want excite me to want to see it. Mm-hmm. I can see that, man. I mean, like I said, I had no interest in watching it either until somebody was like, "Man, this is." I think he mentioned some a, a specific scene, and I was like, "Well, let me just see." And after I started watching, and I couldn't. I finished one app. I had to keep right. going. You know what I mean? And that's that's the art of that's the art of movie making. So these yeah. movie makers are are professionals in what they do. That first episode is actually. The ending, you know what I mean? When you watch the first episode, you're actually seeing his last case and you're actually seeing Dahmer, you know, everything kind of sums up in that in that first episode. So then you're, then you're brought in, you're, you're drawn in. It's kind of like a hook, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it hooked you in. Like, uh, I was watch I watched Barbarian over the weekend and, um, Skip said it was tight. And then, um, Will Will inbox me because I said something on IG about it. He's like, "Man, I heard it was trash." I, said, I heard it was trash too. I'm like, man, now I gotta watch it because y'all said it was trash. And then, but then after I watched it, it wasn't trash, but it wasn't exactly like stellar. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't awful. But you know, it's a decent watch. It's it's on some Blair Witch type, Dust Till Dawn type of movie. It's called movie Barbarian. Studios. Yeah, Barbarian. I mean, I want to see Smile, too. There's a couple of joints I want to see. All right? All right, all right. Yeah, I won't, I won't be seeing any of those. <laughs> that's, that's gonna, you can, Hollywood is, is nothing but copycats. So that's going to be the wave for about the next season. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of documentaries and series on serial killers. I'm just waiting for the Alton Coleman. You know what I'm saying? Like, You know what? what? Is that just a, a regional thing? No, that well, it's not regional. Yeah, it's regional, but so was Dahmer. Man, Alter Coma was in Trotwood, dog. <laughs> okay. I've seen him. Dahmer, Dahmer the killed I had to run from that dude. Yeah, man, I couldn't go outside. I I, I remember I remember the same uh type yeah. of atmosphere, but I'm saying though, but outside of like our region, does anybody else know about Alton Coma but us, like in our region? Yeah, I think like your, pretty, like your, like when you went to college, does does cats that came from, you know, out of state, do they know about Homecoming? Probably not because he they weren't eating people. And I think that's what I think that's why Dahmer was sensationalized because he was a cannibal. If you take that away, he's on Coleman. Yeah, or any or anybody else. You know what I'm saying? If you take if you take that piece of if you take cannibalism out, because that is so taboo, that is so abnormal, 
that's why he became sensationalized because it happened in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the middle of middle of Midwest nowhere. Like ain't nobody checking for nothing that goes on there. You've had serial killers are sensationalized. I guess you know what I'm saying I guess unfortunately, based upon the graphicness of their their murders and stuff and what they do. So Alton Coleman and what was her name? Was it Deborah? I can't Deborah remember. Brown. Yeah, Deborah Brown. They were just killing people. It's not like they were, I don't believe they was like dismembering them. They weren't eating them. They were, so there's no sensationalism to it. But we went through it because it happened in Ohio. So it's like, like Doug, do you think Carrie knows about Alton Coleman? She does. Yeah, she I does. mean, he he did, I think he did work down down in the natty too. Yeah, this yeah, is Ohio. Ohio. He would know. Anybody in Ohio would know. Because he, yeah. he he wrecked havoc in Ohio. Bro, we yeah. could not go outside for like a yeah, whole... I saw him, man. And no one won't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you saw yeah, him? Yeah, I mean, I mean everybody kinda everybody kinda went past. Yeah. Yes, man. I didn't, I didn't even see that. <laughs> he had on he had on the what he had on was like overalls. He said he had overalls on. I was leaving my, my cousin's house on Fairgrove Way. I was walking home. I turned around. I seen this I seen him. He had an afro. He had he had overalls on and a white shirt. Dude, I started Jitting, huh? hey man, Every, everybody <laughs> believe me, <laughs> hey man, because because somebody in my neighborhood said the same thing. He's like, Man, I saw Coleman. I was like, I saw Coleman. He's like, Yeah, he said he was walking up the street, blah, blah, blah. And he, dude, said he said something to him. He's like, Yeah, I'm the Coleman. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, okay, so you, you saw a dude. And you said what's up to him? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm the Coleman." <laughs> like, what does that mean? So it's almost, like, almost like I'm the Yoba, but I'm the Yoba right. happened. Man, I lived in um, I lived in growing up. I lived in Northcrest Gardens, which is uh, so you got Northland and then you got Northcrest. They were separated by a fence. Northland's obviously more people know about Northland and Northcrest. Um, I think <laughs> Northcrest is called Eagle Ridge or something like that. Allegedly, he was spotted. Like in our neighborhood, man, we were locked down. Like you couldn't go outside. Like my mom wouldn't yeah. let nobody out. Like kids could not go outside because it was like Alton Coleman has been spotted in the pro in our project, and it was like yeah, everybody inside. It was crazy because I'm a, I'm I'm young, so I don't understand what's going on. Like that was summertime. I want to go play. Yeah, nah, you're not going outside because there's a serial killer running around. And as you get older. And then you start realizing, like, oh, they a real serial killer. Like, this dude went on, you know what I'm saying, a spree. Yeah. Uh, Marcus from down here, he talked about, you know, a similar experience to ours about having to be inside and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was definitely causing havoc in Ohio and Cincinnati and Dayton. Yeah. Hey, the D.C. sniper had you scared to drive down the highway. <sighs> oh, oh, man, yeah. D.C. sniper was wild. Yeah, Because, you know what? Let me tell you why the D.C. sniper was, was so for lack of better words, fascinating to me because I would have bet. Hold on. I, I think you, I think you're fascinated by this stuff in general, man. Probably. I am. You're I mean, some, some people are, man. I, I have a, I, I have it's, a friend. But it's who, not a, it's not a, so there's some people that are fascinated. Some, I think there's a difference between like fascination and obsession. I don't you sit know around. You, did, you know what you did over the weekend when you was <laughs> huh? arresting somebody? When you were, when you were around, like I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch a bunch of like serial killer docs, but I am fascinated by the by the human psyche and how people think and how people do shit. 
And so for the DC sniper, the reason why I thought that was fascinating, because I ain't gonna lie, man, for the longest, and y'all probably agree, nobody thought that that dude was gonna be black. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was you know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying that I was fascinated by, is the fact that when this story first broke, I would have bet my bottom dollar there's some white dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you <laughs> never thought that it's this dude and, you know what I'm saying? I knew he was black when, when they found out he was in the Caprice, in the back of a Caprice. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, mean, I mean, he was he was he caught at that point. He yeah, they kind of gave it away when he was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in a Chevy. Like, okay, yeah. now we know he's black. He's in a white Chevy. <laughs> Fold The car we're looking for is a box Chevy. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. This dude's from the west side. <laughs> I am the Coleman. Here. <laughs> you know, this, this dude said, I am the Coleman. Hey, that's I'm the, the Coleman. Hey, that's the title <laughs> of the uh of the episode. I am the Coleman. I am the Coleman. Hey, no, all right, peace, y'all. We are the Coleman's. Out. Oh, oh. podcast is presented by hunter smoke media group we encourage our listeners to drink responsibly please note we are not financial advisors we do not offer or provide financial advice trademark copyrighted by hunter smoke media group